So you think we've just lived too long? People like people have been around too long to make anything unique anymore. I mean, That's I'm, part of it. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's uh-huh. some things out there that could still be considered unique. But, but, you have but any, any ideas what? No, I'm just wondering: should we just give up, <laughs> or should we just be recreating the same things over and over again? Because that's all we can really do. Which I mean, that goes no. back. That goes back to the music, uh, the music conversation that we've had a lot about. You know, it's it's so hard to make a unique sound these days, and it seems like the people who are really trying to do that are getting a lot of criticism for it. Yeah, but I would still say there is no truly unique music. It's not possible. It's, I don't think it's possible. And it, this is up for argument, I guess, because there's a difference between invention versus innovation, right? And right. If, you li- if you listen to just about all the music that you know and love so much, and if you can track that back, you can track it back to something else, whether that be the chord progressions, the theme, the lyrics themselves, something of that that music you'll be able to track back to an, an earlier date. So that doesn't take away from the beauty of the art. It doesn't take away from the beauty of the innovation, whether it's technology, whether it's whatever, uh, writing, whatever the case may be. But it's still just another iteration of some idea that has already surfaced and was probably used to some degree. The Cerebral Entertainment Podcast. 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 Thank you for checking into this edition of the Cerebral Entertainment Podcast. Before we get started, I just want to remind you to be sure to check out all that the CEP Network has to offer, including Raised on the Radio with Colt Ricardo and Patrick Blair, and Crusher Cast featuring Joe Burrow. The CEP Network YouTube channel is growing, and we have a lot of great content coming straight to your ear holes, so be prepared. You shan't be disappointed, I promise. Now, for this episode, Colt and I bring you yet another riveting chat amongst ourselves, where we discuss our current exercise routines, Colt's brush with fate, the intersection of uniqueness and inspiration, the current state of the music industry, and much more. So, without further introduction, here we go. Hey, everybody, welcome back to yet another riveting edition of the Cerebral Entertainment Podcast. I am James, and with me, as always, is my good friend, Colt. Yes, sir. How you doing, Colt? I'm good, man. How about you? I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm, I'm doing the episode today from the garage. So this is, for my part, the garage sessions of the CEP. Is this, um, it's, was this planned out or was this a last minute decision or? Kind of a last minute decision. Okay. I was looking, looking for a quiet spot. And this is oftentimes my place of Zen outside of the gym itself. Gotcha. And so I came out here and I was like, you know what? I'm going to try it. It's hot out here. I've got to be <laughs> honest. I'm going to, I'm going to be sweating, but that's the kind of commitment that I have to recording a podcast with you today for the CEP. As long as as you don't sweat on the microphone too much to where we have like shorting out or anything like that, I think we'll be good. I'm going to try not to do that. I'm going to try to direct my sweat this way (laughs) so it all falls in my lap. I think we're going to be okay. But The video is going to be phenomenal for that, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, the sweat pouring. Or just you you doing this every once in a while. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. It's, it's just another one of my ticks, one of the many right. ticks that I have. There you go. Uh, I would hope that people are used to them by now, but if not, you know, it's okay. Well, we got the video up and going now, which is kind of newish, like full videos. So they may yes. be getting a different side of you that they haven't seen, like a full hour of you versus, you know, a one minute clip. 
Yeah, I, I'm not sure that's a good thing. I haven't heard any complaints yet, but I also haven't heard anybody say great things either. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> now they now they can simply study my habits and and see all the little nuances about me that I try to keep hidden. That's why I always say I have a, a face for podcasting, right? Audio podcasting, right? Not necessarily for video, but here we go. I'm okay with it. I'm Listen, happy if, with if the people video. if people start sending over recommendations for like psychiatrists or something, we may have to have to look into that. No, I'll take the any recommendations that people have. I'll take them. Let me try that out. <laughs> I could use all the help that I can get. So. Anyway, Colt, what's going on with you lately, man? We haven't had a chat in a while. We haven't caught up. It's been a while. On, yeah, on the mics for a while. So uh, let's start with the gym. One of our favorite topics, man. What's going on in the gym with you nowadays? I, I never see you in the gym anymore. I know you're still there. Yes, it's sporadic, dude. Um, here, really? Yeah, here lately has just been... I, I'm more cardio-focused right now than anything. Uh, Good for you. I, I guess. Mainly because I started it. And that stair stepper is my enemy and it's something I don't think you can ever master, but I want to try. Mm. So between that and it being some days being really nice outside and doing my running out around my place now, it's, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm actually learning to like cardio a little bit now, but I've, I've, I've the- we've talked about it before. I've always been a bigger fan of the outside cardio than inside anyways. Yeah. No, I think that's important, though, that you've kind of taken cardio on like that because we don't get enough of it. Right. I mean, I know you're the same way as me. Typically, Um, I I do the cardio not enough because I focus on other things that, you know, I like to build muscle. It looks cool. Mm -hmm. It's more fun to me. And it's just kind of more in my wheelhouse. But I know that I need to stay in a cardio routine because it's, you know, it's crucial. Right. So, but I don't do the outside cardio. I just I can't do it. You, I mean, I could. I you don't I go have for a, walks. You don't have a bad neighborhood for doing it. Not at all. No, not at all. My little sister, she walks the neighborhood for miles and miles, and it's it's a great neighborhood to do that. But walking is fine. I don't consider that cardio because I'm not getting my heart rate up just doing a walk. Yeah, right. I would have. I got to you know I got to jog right. at least, if not run to get my heart rate up to a decent, uh, you know, decent rate. So. And I, I don't like running. I don't know why. There's there's something about running. Unless I'm running for my life, I just don't care to run, man. I don't find any satisfaction or any enjoyment out of just running. I get bored really easily, and I lose my focus, and it's hard for me to get into a rhythm. Right. And so I, I give up on it. I hate to say that, but I do. That's why I enjoy things like the elliptical and the stair stepper and, and different things like that that I can do for my routine. Yeah, I've got a, uh, which you've probably seen the pictures that I posted, but there's a small lake right behind my house that is has a gravel road that goes beside it, and that's always part of my loop that I make at least once or twice. And here lately, so it goes downhill and then back uphill. So I'll get about halfway down the hill and then start a good jog, and then about halfway through it, here lately I've been actually running, and like, like when I was a kid, when I could, like, if I was running and I felt like I could actually get faster as I was running, do you, this sounds weird, but it's a thing that I don't think I have anymore. Like, I can get up to a run, but I can't, I don't feel like I'm getting any faster as I'm going. Like, even if I'm trying to push myself, I feel like I've got a speed 
and that's as fast as my legs are going to go. And I'm trying <laughs> to build that up again. I don't know if it's hmm. possible, but I'm trying. I think it's another hill, so to speak. <laughs> A, a, a proverbial <laughs> hill that you should climb, but I'm not sure, man, because it also sounds like you might be getting older. There's, that's a possibility. You know? But hey, I've I, noticed- I, I actually have a story for you with that. So last okay. uh, one one afternoon, last weekend, after, or last week after I got off work, I went and did my normal loop. So my normal loop goes out of my house, it goes down the road a little bit, then it goes down by that lake I was just talking about. And then at the top of that hill, I always take a left. So I go to take I go to take a left on this day, and these two motorcycles come out from the driveway of, of this house that's up there. No big deal. I didn't think anything about of it, but I start smelling smoke. And I'm like, okay, this is kind of odd, you know. So I get up there, or I get to where up by the house, and I'm running past it, and I look over, and there's like tanks in the driveway, and there's a guy doing he's welding on his Jeep. So I was just like, okay, well, no big deal. It's just, and there's a little bit of smoke coming out of his garage, but I'm like, well, he's standing there. He knows what he's doing. It's not like his house is on fire. So I just kept on running, no big deal. And I made my loop. And as soon as I came back, which had to have been like eight minutes, minutes later, the house is surrounded by fire trucks and cops and everything. And I'm like, what in the heck is going on? So I texted my buddy who's on the fire department around here and asked him if he was called out to it. He told me, yeah, well, apparently that guy's welding job got out of control. And luckily they had like a firewall, an actual firewall between the garage and the house, which saved the house, but did some pretty extensive damage to the garage. But it was just insane that it was literally like five to 10 minutes earlier. I just ran past that house and two other people were just leaving that house. And then all of a sudden now there's there's cops and firefighters there all over the place. Whoa. Yeah. You like you might have had an opportunity to it might have been your time to shine. I don't know, you maybe could have been like running out of the house with all manner of pets and right. possibly people and collectibles. But of it had but it, <laughs> Are you calling me a thief? Is that what I would have been? <laughs> I don't know, Dave. I stole their dog and uh dinette set or something i don't know as, as, as far as i was concerned you were saving the day <laughs> okay now whether you stopped to drop the dogs and collectibles off or you just kept running that's on you man <laughs> i don't i can't call that right now see the fact that the fire department and the cops and stuff got there so fast makes me feel mm-hmm. a little better now if yeah. if something were to really like seriously happened and i was just there like five minutes earlier i would have felt extremely bad like that i didn't do anything but i still there was nothing that i I didn't know that anything bad was going on or going to happen within the next few minutes. Right. So it would have been like something that I I shouldn't be, I shouldn't feel bad about, but there's no way around it. It's just like if something bad were to happen to somebody and you were a couple of minutes early before that happened, it just, I don't know. Is that a fate type thing? It's, it's fate that you weren't there or is it fate that you were there early? (laughs) Yes. Okay. Good answer. Yes. I I think so. (laughs) Oh, seriously, though, if you think about it, if I mean, because fate in and of itself is it, it directs your timing and your movements. You just happen to be at a place at a particular time. And so in this case, if I could step out on this particular limb since you opened the door, you know, I think it was maybe fate just kind of causing you to think about the situation as, as deeply as what you did, uh, because it, it, you're like, whoa, this just happened. Right. And I was just running by 
smelled the smoke. At that point in time, there was nothing wrong, but you, and you had no idea that something was about to, to go down, that the flames were about to take over the place. Um, but it caused you to kind of think about things, to take some, take some depth of the situation. Um, so to me, that is still something. You know, because otherwise the fate might have been you came at just the right time and ran out of the house with, you know, an elderly lady on your shoulders running out <laughs> like, you know, one of those movie type fight, Kurt Russell in, in backdraft, you know, running out with someone on your shoulders and you jump and the flames, the house blows up and the flames engulf you as you jump and you do a Bruce Willis scream and, and you dive into the ditch line and you save everybody. It didn't turn out that way, though. No, so you just you just mixed multiple movies together. I like it. I did, I did. I'm glad you I'm glad you noticed that, which you should have. You you, you should do a- you should be a producer or something because you could just take like all the big name movies from a certain time that were about the same types of things, and then just put those movies together and make a new one. I mean, I could. It's called stealing, but I, I could do that. How is how is it from- stealing? You're, well, because you're taking ideas from other other movies and making them your oh, own. Oh, there's thousands of ideas that are used over and over again. Touche. Touche. But is it still considered you're, stealing? Maybe. I, I don't know. Yeah, probably <laughs> not. It, it's, it's, it's probably more of a recreation because there are no really, truly any unique ideas. Not really. Not really. We've been around for too long as a, as a species. Um, there's no, nothing that's really truly truly unique i think right i guess it depends on what you define as unique just yeah i mean give me your definition of what you think unique would mean well i mean i think unique would be the first time ever that someone had this idea and even we'll unpack that even further not just the first time that someone had that idea but the first time that someone actually did something with an idea that was disseminated further than just you know two guys talking on a podcast, maybe. And maybe not even that. Maybe that's still an idea that's being disseminated because, you know, the listener's going to hear it. But yeah, I, I just don't think that there's, if there's any, there are very, very few truly, truly unique ideas. I, so you think we've just lived too long? People, like people have been around too long to make anything unique anymore? I mean, that's I'm, part of it, yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's uh-huh. some things out there that could still be considered unique. But, but, you have any, but any ideas what? No, I'm just wondering, should we just give up? <laughs> or should we just be recreating the same things over and over again? Because that's all we can really do. Which, I mean, that goes no. back That goes back to the music, uh, the music conversation that we've had a lot about, you know, it's, it's so hard to make a unique sound these days. And it seems like the people who are really trying to do that are getting a lot of criticism for it. Yeah. But I would still say there is no truly unique music. It's not possible. It's, I don't think it's possible. And it, this is up for argument, I guess, because there's a difference between invention versus innovation, right? And right. If, you li- if you listen to just about all the music that you know and love so much, and if you can track that back, you can track it back to something else, whether that be the chord progressions, the theme, the lyrics themselves, something of that that music you'll be able to track back to an, an earlier date. So that doesn't take away from the beauty of the art. It doesn't take away from the beauty of the innovation, whether it's technology, whether it's whatever, uh, writing, whatever the case may be. But it's still just another iteration 
of some idea that has already surfaced and was probably used to some degree. It's just been repackaged and uh, redecorated and thought of in a different way. And the fact that it's maybe in a different time period also kind of lends it to a, a new perspective. So not taking away from the art at all, just saying when you really, really break it down, are there really any truly new ideas out there? Really? I, maybe, maybe some, not very many. I don't think, I don't think there, I don't think it's possible. Right. So you're not inventing things. You're just extending the creation that's already there into different avenues, maybe, or different I, areas, I guess. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I, I think that's, that's innovation. I think mostly we live in a world of innovation for the most part, you know, the cell phone, what a great idea, right? I don't have to have a cord onto my phone, but the cell phone is a phone, right? And we've had phones for a very long time, hundred something years, at least I, I think. And so that was a, a great innovation, but at the core of it, not a, an invention. You know what I'm saying? Right. So any, anything like that, any great story, any great song, any great movie, whatever the case may be, chances are there's, it, it was a spinoff of something. And you have to consider the, the concept uh, or the factor of uh, inspiration too. what inspired that person to do that thing that they did that in turn, you know, was a, a great device or a great song movie, whatever the case may be. So they were inspired by something, especially when it comes to art, when it comes to art, you, you're inspired by something and it causes you to create your own based off of your own emotions, your logic, whatever the case may be um, thought processes, maybe, maybe not logic, maybe, but uh, it's more of an expression of, uh, of emotion, I believe. And so that inspiration, once again, you can like, because I know you and I have probably talked about this. It's like, I, I always like to know of my favorite bands, who their inspirations were. And then once you find out who their inspirations are, sometimes you're like, really? It's like, that doesn't right, yeah. seem like, doesn't seem like their music reflects that kind of an inspiration at all. Right. Still find, still find it interesting because somehow, some way that went into the, the matrix of their creativity and out came this thing that they did and I like it. Right. Uh, and I may like the other thing. It was just so much different than what they do that it's, it kind of surprises me, but I was like finding out what the inspiration was for those artists because it's intriguing because they were in fact inspired to do what they do by somebody else, by something else. Well, like you, you think about bands that were like the forefront of music or like that all bands could go, say they can go back to like the Beatles or something, you know, something along those lines, like they, or uh, when you get to heavier metal, heavier metal music, like Pantera was always a big uh, band that people would say were a big influence for them. That, I, I so I, I get, I get lost in the woods when it comes to like, say the Beatles and stuff like that, I guess, because a lot of people will say that Beatles had their hand in leading the way for, a, I, I guess, uh, towards a lot of different genres of music. But a lot of them, I can't see that in, and I don't know why. Maybe it was just because it was like a starting point for that style of music that has just expanded and expanded and expanded over time. But I, I just always get lost in the woods with somebody who says that, you know, that they were a major influence, you know, goes back to the Beatles. And I'm like, I don't hear that at all. I don't know where that comes from. But it's like you said, a lot of times you, that you hear what somebody says their influence is, and I guess it, 
it can be an influence without being like the total thing. Like your sound doesn't have to sound like a band that influenced you, but it could be every anything down to just riffs or chords or just an actual the vocals or you know you could if you can dissect the entire band down and get influences from different areas mm-hmm. yeah and i think that that band could have been influenced by someone like the beatles and it's still not really be expressed in their music at all right it was it was just kind of the foundation for them maybe that's maybe that was the band that turned them on to wanting to create music simply because of the depth of the beatles when you break down their lyrics controversial as it may be i'm really not a fan of the beatles I, i'm just i'm just not i can appreciate the beatles and i do uh appreciate what they did for music and to music uh, but to sit around and listen to the beatles i never do it's like it's not even on my secondary or right. third or fourth playlist it's, they're just not there i can hear a song sometimes and be like yeah i, I can say it's pretty trippy you know i like that i can dig where they're going or yeah, that's cool, or that's deep, you know. But it's just not the style of music that I want my brain to feed on. <laughs> it, it's really not, and, and that's what that's what music is. It's brain food, right? It right. It, it it directs my paths. It, it it directs my mood and my thought processes, and it, it sends me on a particular path that I'm wanting to go down at that point in time. And they're just never on it. But once again, to kind of bring it back to the point. I can realize and understand the importance of the Beatles, not just something that I like or dislike. It's, it's something that was very profound and shaped uh, the entire rock and roll industry, basically. Right. And so, you know, I, I think that I always try to encourage more folks to, to try to do that with music, even if you don't necessarily like something. Like, I'm not a big Michael Jackson fan. I like several of his songs quite a bit. A lot of it I don't, but still appreciate the way that he shaped profoundly the music industry and, and what he did for the culture and, and how it just progressed from there. And I got to say, without Michael Jackson, we wouldn't have Alien Ant Farm's rendition of Smooth Criminal, which is a great song. <laughs> just going to throw that out there. <laughs> you think it's like 50-50 down the line on who uh, who likes Alien Ant Farm's rendition better? Ooh. Maybe because of the younger population. So which I am not I am not a part of anymore. <laughs> but so what's your what's your take on a band being um on a band rising to fame off of a song that's already been done? Mm. What, what's your what's your take on that? Does it bother well, you, does it bother you at all that it's not I, I original? Wanna, I want to preface by saying that they did have movies before Smooth Criminal came out, but it was the same album, wasn't it? It was, it was, and, and Smooth Criminal was probably more of a catapult for them to achieve the status that they achieved more than movies. But no, it doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me one bit. It happens all the time, right? Um. Who's the band that did, redid um, the uh, Cranberries Zombie? Bad Wolves. More recently. Bad Wolves. Yeah. Okay. Now, that's one rendition where I, I prefer the original. It was because that was in my time. The, the uh, Cranberries, were that was in my favorite era of music you know, throughout the 90s. But uh, 
but as far as I know, that that really put them on the map. I, but I don't know Bad Wolves very well. But that's the song that I know from them. Even though I don't like their rendition as much, where I prefer Alien Ant Farm's rendition of Smooth Criminal more than Michael Jackson's. Either way, it doesn't. I'm not mad. I'm not a hater. I don't hate. You know, <laughs> it's it, it's once again, it, it's not necessarily as innovative as a cell phone, but it's still. You know, it's still them putting their spin, their sound, their spirit, their their emotion into that song and making it their own. And I, I appreciate that. I, I got no nothing but love. How about you? I, I I'm kind of up in the air on it. I guess. I guess I, res- I okay. So let, let me put it this way: I respect a band who puts out a song that is a rendition of something that's already been made. If it is a stepping stone and they continue to grow and build fame after that. So it, it's kind of like, the, okay, we did this song, but people like the rendition we did. Now the original music comes and people still follow us because of what we did originally off of that one song versus somebody sure. who might come out and just do a cover and then you don't hear from them much again, you know? Which, I mean, I honestly haven't put much thought into alien ant farm a whole lot, but I don't know what they did after that album. now they did have other good songs. Like you said, movies, and there was another one or two on that album also. But after that, I don't know what there was. Yeah. However, they're still out there and they're still touring. Well, not right now, of course, but I mean, they're still making music and touring right now. So I mean, right. Respect, right? <laughs> yeah. And, and I think, you know, you've got to look at it from, the perspective that not every band achieves super major status, but, but most bands like alien ant farm and, and bad wolves, I'm sure they've achieved a following, you know? And, and so I can just about guarantee you that there are many people out there who know exactly what alien ant farm did after that, that, that first album of theirs. If right. that was in fact, their first album, their major album. Um, there's probably a pretty good, pretty good chunk of people who know it's just not you and me. Right. Right. Same with Bad Wolves as far as as far as I'm concerned. I, I don't really know them. I just know I've heard that song. But they've achieved that following and, and that's really I mean, every band, I shouldn't say every, probably most bands would like to achieve higher level status. You know, they want everybody to hear them. They want to, you know, sell a lot of copies of, of whatever it is they're selling nowadays. These newfangled technological, you know, files that they <laughs> put on my phone. But uh, no, everybody, I'm sure, wants to achieve some sort of status. But bands, really, when they when they break it down, especially as they start to get a little older, more mature, they really, really want that. They 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 love that following, right? That that group of people who really gets what they're laying down, you know. And, and so the bigger the following, is, you know, it's probably the more love, you know, that you're probably feeling. But those bands, they have a, a very good following, I'm sure. And that's really probably they feel achieved, you know. So I, I try to look at it from that perspective, too. It's not about not everybody's going to be a Rolling Stones or the Beatles or, you know, even uh, a, a Shinedown or, or whomever. Right. Right. But I, there's a lot of bands out there that have good followings. Yeah. I, I give major props to your bands, too. Like I know and I probably used it as a the band as an example on the show ungodly amount of times. But. Papa Roach is one of those bands that started out completely different from where they are now and mm. have kind of, once they got their footing in the industry, they have changed with the times. 
Like they, you know, their music has evolved with the different genres of, of music, I, I think. And maybe not innovative uh, or anything brand new, but, you know, the last couple albums that they put out have been, you know, a little more of the poppy feeling and stuff like that, which a lot of, you know, a lot of uh, bigger names are going that route now. Even like Machine Gun Kelly, like the last song mm-hmm. or two that he put out is, is completely poppy. Like I would er- never even thought that was him. You know, so I, I I think some bands try to evolve and don't make it because it's just not who they are at their core. But I think the ones that really succeed are the ones that can evolve with the times and I guess keep that following. Like maybe keep enough of that sound of who they originally were and the following they originally had, but add in the other things to gain a new following also. Yeah. Yeah, I think those two elements are important too. And I don't know how much of a of a standard, like a standard thought or or strategy that is for for a musical artist, but it seems pretty solid to want to build your following first and then try to reach out to anybody new because I mean music is for the it's for the kids, right? And so I, I'm an old well, I'm an older guy now and I still like mostly the stuff that I liked when I was in my twenties, you know, right. even teens to some degree. Well, that this uh, is actually, this is actually a decent topic. We, we talked about on raised on the radio. Me and Patrick did, but with me and you too, because you know, we've talked about, we talk about music all the time and the, have, have you heard the new stuff going on with Spotify? Like the CEO of Spotify, the statement that he made about, uh, because everybody, badmouth Spotify and downgrades them because it's one of the lower paying platforms for bands to make money off of because the, the money is so low per stream that they get. But the CEO came out and made a statement basically saying that you want to make money, make more music. That's basically his, his thought process. And I'm like, okay, but if you're not a massive band right now, like say you're not a Breaking Benjamin who no matter what you put out, you're going to get millions of streams. It's just going to happen. If you're not that big and you try, like the money you're going to have to invest in paying for uh, using a recording studio and a producer and an engineer and you know all these things versus what you're actually going to make if you're trying to put out two albums a year, you know, it's like, it is even worth it to be in the industry if you're, spending all that money and not getting it back. A problem that I see therein with, with that problem is that what you're doing is, is asking artists to just churn out art, just churn out music. That's, I mean, that's, that might work for some artists, but other artists need time. Yeah. Right. right. It's a process. It's based off of their, you know, particular creative process. And if they don't churn it out, then what he's saying is, well, then you're not going to make it on Spotify. And right now, if you don't make it on Spotify, you're not going to make it unless you, you know, you're already huge, like you said, like a Breaking Benjamin or somebody who already has such a huge following that they've got no worries. So I don't, I don't like that from Jump. I don't, I don't like the fact that you're. It, it's this isn't an assembly line, right? right? This is this is creativity. And if you if you try to force that creativity then chances are you're going to make subpar art. Maybe not. There, there are some bands who can do that. They put out an album every year, every other year. They have been for 20 years. 
that's that's fine for them but for others you know it might take them three or four years to get out the next album sometimes even longer i don't want to rush that i don't want them to rush that just because, just so they can you know well, well kind of meet the demands of today's technology right and that's that's the bad thing is that even if you look at the time between albums on even some of your massive bands it's not they're not putting out two albums a year like two years is for the most part the bottom line of how you know the the smallest amount of time that you're going to get between records and but you also have to include like touring and the the you know you they're they're trying to change the model completely when it comes to streaming because if you're a, a band, you want to put out an album and then you want to tour with that album and you know play that for people and try to hook all those people onto it also. But I mean, in the way he's making it sound to make money, you're gonna put out an album, maybe do a month or two of touring and then come back and put out another album, you know, and and of course it, also, all the time that it takes to be in the studio, you know, it's not just like you go in over a weekend and it's done, you know, and then the engineer having to put it all together and everything else too. It's just, I, I don't see how it's, I don't see how it's feasible. And I don't, I don't necessarily, I understand where he's coming from, but I don't agree with that thought process in, in general. I just, I don't, I don't. Yeah, no, I don't like it either. It's like with, with something like Spotify, it's, I would assume at least, I'm sure it took a lot to build the program, the app, you know, to, to get that all, get that ball rolling. But now it's just as easy as them taking a file and blasting it out. It's, it's, you know, pushing some buttons. Right. But the, but the creative process still is the creative process. It's, it's still not pushing just a couple of buttons. Right. right? Like you said, there's a, there's this whole getting into the studio process that, well, there's the creative process in the first place, writing the songs. Making sure that you put, you know, your your all into that song because you want it to really reflect what it was that you were feeling when you wanted to write that song, and then you've got to get into the studio. Then you've got, you know, you still have to try to do tours and promote and all these things. And, and Spotify is just saying, "Oh, come on, catch up, hurry up, hurry right. up. We need more. We need more." I, I disagree with it, and to some degree, I don't know how it would. I don't know how we're ever going to be able to recapture the olden days, right back in my day when we had these things called CDs and you had to buy them <laughs> in order to listen to music. But that, that was more indicative of the, I think the creative flow, the creative process, the time that it took and it complemented the artists and their process and to some degree rewarded them. Even though now you can get a lot more music out there, like people whose music I probably would have never had the chance to hear because I subscribe to Apple Music, I bam, I go and I download it, and now I'm a fan. Whereas before, I would have had to have heard them. I'd have had to go seek out a store. And back in the day, you had you know maybe places like Vintage Vinyl there on Del Mar uh, was one of the only places you could really get good local music unless someone blew up like The Urge or Gravity Kills. Um, but the Vintage Vinyl, you had to go and you had to go pick up some Fragile Porcelain Mice or some New World Spirits or some of those uh, stir uh great big everything some of those local bands that i enjoyed so much in my uh early 20s but you had to go seek that out so that's just another part of how the even though the cd or or the the file process on apple music spotify whatever is so easy and you can proliferate more music from people who are still trying to get their get their footing in, in the industry 
um, it's still kind of, in a way, making the, the whole thing a little cheaper, you know, as a, you know, not financially, you know what I'm saying. It's kind of cheapening the, the process a bit, not I mean, to take away from the artist though, ever. Right. Well, I mean, it seems like an artist needs to put out, like it, it almost seems like singles are the best route to go. If you can catch, if you can put out a couple of singles a year instead of putting all the effort into a full length album or an EP or something like that, is if you can catch fire with a couple of singles a year, then you're good. But these, you know, these kids aren't kids. These this sounds like I'm old. Kids these days don't, you know, six months and a song could be gone. You know, like I put a song out today and it hits fire, and then. Six months down the road, you probably forgot my. They, these kids forgot my name. You know what I mean. And I feel like this yeah. is the first time that that's ever happened because we've never had the streaming before, and things like that. And we've never had so much accessibility to music and as easily as easily as we do now. It's always been like you said, you got to go to the record store, or you got to, you know, get a, get that cassette tape or that CD or whatever. You know, you don't have now. It's just on your phone. It's just easy to get or on YouTube or something like that. So. Yeah, I don't. I, 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 it's just too easy for these dang kids. <laughs> yep, I wish they'd get off my lawn. But you're, but you're right. It, it's a, it's a double-sided coin. It's a catch twenty-two. I like the convenience a lot. I get to hear a lot more music and enjoy it on a regular basis because I had a pretty formidable CD collection several times coming up. And those CD collections went with me in my traveling case, in my car, on many a journey that I'm lucky to have made it back from. And, th- and those CDs were the soundtrack to my life. But still yet, that soundtrack was limited because they were costing me, you know, 10 bucks for a while. And I think they went up to 12, you know, for a while. And uh, it, w- it was costly. And the CDs also get scratched, you know, right. or my CD player would eat them and they would never return or something like that. Someone would borrow them. And I would never see that CD again. Um, but that was part of the thing. You know, it, it was, those were more, those were simpler times, Colt, back in my <laughs> day. Those were, those were simpler times, you know, but with that convenience comes also the, the underbelly of that convenience. You know, it, it's once again, kind of cheapening the process. And I don't feel it much personally, you know, I, I, I can sense it to some degree, I guess when I'm, listening to music, looking for music, you know, following artists, but I'm close enough to enough musicians that I, I can see that it's, you know, I, I put myself in their shoes, right? I'm practicing empathy and putting myself in their shoes and seeing that, you know, it, it's just kind of a, and it, and it does, it does take away on, on my part, having to go to vintage vinyl, right? I had to go all, all the way up to Del Mar and, and try to siphon enough gas because I didn't have any gas in my car. So I had to try to siphon enough gas out of someone else's car in order to get there and back because I couldn't spend my money on gas because I had to buy the CD that I wanted so badly. I think that's illegal. (laughs) I'm just throwing that out there. (laughs) Uh, Well, I I think I'm well beyond the statute of limitations because we're talking, you know, probably 23 years ago, something like that. (laughs) So I don't know what the statute of limitations is on siphoning gas, but if anyone out there knows, please give me a holler because (laughs) I may have just incriminated myself. Uh, have you seen the artist Tom McDonald on Facebook? I don't think so. He's a rapper. Okay. He's uh, interesting, and he's completely independent. 
self self made independent guy. Okay. And from what I can tell, he's got a huge following. It's like I'm I'm not a real big fan. It is it's okay. It's kind of uh, I don't know. I, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to disparage by by you know Comparing. correlating him with Comparing. anyone else's. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to do that. But check out Tom McDonald if you get a chance. Not necessarily because I'm trying to turn you on to his to his art, but just check out his process. And he's a guy where you could say, okay, he has his finger on the pulse for this whole technological independent. Uh, sharing files, Spotify, Apple Music, because he's still selling a lot of uh, physical copies. And that's what artists like him and others have figured out. You have to, nowadays, you can't just put out a CD necessarily. I mean, you might be able to. I shouldn't say never. You should never use that definitive language because someone's going to prove me wrong. I didn't mean never. But oftentimes, you have to add something special to a CD, whether it's album art or extra songs or something like that, that you can't get on the digital format so that people it's actually worth it for people to pay for an entire CD. Right. Right. And I guess he's, he's, it looks like he's got his finger on the pulse of the new way to put out music. I'd advise checking him out if I were you. So what what do you mean by the new way of putting out music? Like just by, just by streaming and stuff, like not having, not having to worry about that. The, the album art and stuff like that? Is that what you mean? Yeah. The, the new way to proliferate music to the masses. Gotcha. Yeah. Th- through technology, through your these uh, streaming sites, streaming apps. But I, I guess I guess the main thing is just the marketing. Like, I, I guess kind of what you're saying is that he's got his finger on the pulse of what it takes to market something to the masses of people the right way. Using the right outlets yep. to market versus you know, not just the music, it's just getting the music out to people in a new way. Not like they use, not like they used to, although they are still doing that with bringing records back. Now, you know, you can still do cool album art and put the lyrics, you know, in with the, uh, with the record and stuff like that, which that was, I don't know about you, but that was a big thing for me too. Back, back when I was buying CDs was to get the lyrics and stuff because mm-hmm. I might be able to hear them clearly, but you, I ever I seen that meme on Facebook every once in a while where it's like the devastation that you, you get whenever you, you know, read the lyrics of something and you realize you've been singing it wrong for 20 years. Mm-hmm. No, that's, that meme was written for me. <laughs> like I, I have, I have sang songs for 20 years and some of them, I thought for sure I knew what the words were. It wasn't even a question. And then I, you know, now Apple Music has all the lyrics on there. All you can do is press, you know, the lyric button and right. it, and it, it, and it shows you the lyrics as the song is going right. too, which is it highlights them and it scrolls pretty nifty. I always wondered, Before, and I don't know if you know the answer to this, but since I realized that Apple Music has that, do you think that's something that the artist has to pay extra for to have that? Because it's not every artist that, you, that does that. Like not, not I have no, you can't you can't get the lyrics on every of every artist like bigger really? names bigger names of course but just because it's on Apple Music doesn't mean you can automatically get the lyrics. I got you. I, I don't know the answer to that question. Um, maybe or maybe it's just that they don't do it for the smaller, um, less known, less well known artists because they're just not more well known. 
So it takes a little more time and energy to do that. And so they're like, nah, not for you. You got to, <laughs> you're going to have to sell some more uh, downloads before we uh, put your lyrics up there, pal. Right. No offense. It's business. <laughs> it's just business. No, I, it's just business. I have no idea. Right, right before Apple Music, I should say, shouldn't say right before, but because it's been around for some time. But I remember when I found lyrics.com. Did you ever look at lyrics.com? No, mine was A to Z lyrics.com. Yeah. I, Yep. I, I checked that one too a lot, mm-hmm. but those particular sites where it was like, it was like a light had shone down from heaven and said, here, James, you don't need to make up lyrics anymore. Let me, <laughs> let, let, let me help you out with this. And so I would refer to the, the site, one of those two websites as I was listening to the song and it wasn't always a hundred percent accurate. Right. It was never 100% because I, I found some mistakes. I, you know, it, it's okay though. For the most part, it was that light. It was that, uh, it was special. And that to me, that was, of course, that was kind of the beginning of, of technology as we know it, as far as just the internet supplying every possible want and need that you could have for information, things like that. It was also kind of a golden era for me. You know, that's when um, a lot of your, you know, downloading sites first started that may or may not have been, you know, used the way that uh, the law enforcement would want you to use them. But it was just, it was just this thing. Everything was out there. And and at that point in time, the industry had to, had to catch up with what was happening in technology. And and so you got to remember also, I got to remember, I just reminded myself that this, this is kind of why we're at where we're at today too, though the music industry didn't start the whole downloading music. Right. Um, they, they didn't start that process. You know, it was started by computer programmers, whoever made those sites, you know, your pirate page or things like that. Those are the ones who really started this whole thing. And the music industry had, as well as the movie industry to some degree, they, they had to keep up with that. Right. They had to, they had to mitigate for that factor of people are going to get this music one way or the other. So if I don't provide it, uh, I better provide it because otherwise they're going to get it and I'm, I'm going to get nothing for it. And, and, and in that sense, the artist wouldn't either, which was bad for them. Right. Yeah. So, you know, and on that note, imagine what it's going to be like 20 years from now. You anticipate a lot of change in the next 20 years? I don't know what kind of, I do, but I don't, know what kind of change will happen like what like I, I i don't have any predictors that tell me what direction we're going in right like do you mm. like I, I mean and i guess we're not just talking about music we're talking about anything in general just 20 years from now what do things look like i i don't i don't know especially this year i mean nobody would have thought this year was going to happen the way it did and I don't know now in the middle of all this, it's even harder to predict what, what the future It's harder to predict what next year is going to look like much less yeah. 20 years from now, you know? Yeah. I think that this year is going to, it's going to direct what the next 20 years are going to look like. How we, I should say how we get out of this whole problem that we've got with the pandemic, with social distancing, with, uh, the shutting down of so many businesses and things like that, the redirection uh, of money at huge levels, you know, 
um, how this is all going to shape, which is really just kind of, in a sense, it's just the redistribution of wealth, wherever that comes from. It seems like it comes straight out of nowhere um, nowadays. Like they just make money and, and they, they put it towards something uh, so that it will not fail because it's too big, whatever. But the next 20 years, I, I don't know. Music-wise, I can't see how things can possibly change much more it's like what else is there possible right right there's no like before when you when you first had pirate bay and those kinds of of downloading sites there was banter for years several years about how the music industry and the movie industry is going to have to adjust their sales in order to keep up with that current you know um, that wind but there's no banter right now as far as to where it's going to go. It seems like you've hit a place where technology has taken us to this spot as far as just audio music goes, right? Um, what else can you do? Uh, I, I think the biggest things that are going to change are probably going to come in medical technology. I, I think that they're going to have to, they're going to have to like rebuff their approaches to how they're going to approach the medical uh, model of, of how to take care of people, especially maybe in, in a country as large as ours, because I know there are some smaller models. They're doing some things. seems like it's working pretty well, but I think even the technology itself is probably going to see an uptick because it's like, okay, this is real, right? We've got Corona. It, it's across the planet. Uh, people are dying. People are suffering. It's costing not just the people a lot of money, but it's costing the system a lot of money. It's costing the financial system a lot. Well, and so we don't want this to happen again. So we need to make, we need to figure out a way to keep people healthier, not just based on COVID, but you know, it's probably going to expand that line of thinking. Yeah. Uh, so let me ask you this, as far as like Corona goes, I, I, I don't know what your opinion is on if you think things are lightening up or if you think we're still in the midst of, you know, a lot of craziness. I don't, I don't know what your, what your thought process is, but what's gotten, what seems weird to me is over the past couple of weeks, I'm sure you've followed some of baseball and how a lot of these teams are getting like having to postpone games. And a lot of the players on these teams are getting, giving uh, COVID and stuff, but it's not, it doesn't seem like it's that big of a deal that they're getting it. It's just like, uh, just making statement that they've got it. So like a month ago, if you had Corona, we, we, it, in everybody's minds, it was you were on your deathbed. It was like, holy crap, you, you're probably going to die. You you know, if, if, if you have any kind of a suppressed immune system or anything like that, you're probably going to die. Now it's like, oh, Yadier Molina's got COVID. He'll just, he'll sit out for two weeks and he'll be back. No big deal. It's like, it's almost like it's finally dumbed down to, hey, it's a virus and people get over it. It's just not, I, I don't know for, it just seems like for a big name, like Yadier Molina to have it and it's not a deal. It's not a big deal. Why should it be a big deal for any of us? Is, is it now dumbed down to, Hey, the flu is a virus. This is also a virus. You will get, you, you can get over it as long as you treat it right. Hey, listen, when I heard Yadi got COVID, I went out and I got all the toilet paper that I could find. Oh, did you? Well, that's good. That's uh, why you're and, in your and, garage, and I, actually, because your house is too full of toilet paper. That's, a, that's, <laughs> that's exactly right. And pork steaks. 
It took oh, me forever. It, it took it took two and a half months before I could find pork steaks again. <laughs> when, when all that first hit with the toilet paper fiasco, it was yeah. also a pork steak crisis for me, man. It was tough. <laughs> you're the you're probably the only one who had a pork steak crisis. I guess so. Everybody else was buying them, but I didn't get any. <laughs> but no, I, I don't know. It, it depends on your perspective. Uh, to answer your question, I just this past week. I experienced, <clears throat> excuse me, I experienced the first loss of life from someone that I know closely from COVID. Okay. Uh, and that was the, it, it was a husband and wife. They both died within less than a day of each other. Wow. Yeah. And so that, that hit pretty hard, you know? So that in and of itself, like I said, it was the, it was the first, my first experience personally with anybody that I've known directly who suffered from COVID. Now, these were elderly folks and he was very sick for a, a while. He had, he had a uh, uh, declining kidney function for a long time and she had actually succumbed to double pneumonia, I believe, before she was even uh, tested and tested positive for COVID. So that is the, you know, immunodeficiencies that we expect people who, who are going to have the biggest problems when it comes to COVID-19. I, I love those people too. I, I was, I was close to them for a long time. Very sweet people. Loved them to death. So, so what but just get, what, I was just going to say, get, getting down to brass tacks though, they were highly susceptible right. to probably just about anything. And since COVID is a, is a, a respiratory, it's pretty intense respiratory illness. If you have any respiratory you know, malfunction whatsoever, then that's, that's when that's going to happen. You know what I'm saying? For somebody like Yachty, he probably doesn't have anything to worry about. He's a healthy dude. You know, he's just going to ride it out and do his thing. So do you, are you on the conspiracy spectrum at all? As far as, is it possible that they didn't actually test positive for COVID, but the hospital might've said they did because I mean, it, it, isn't it true that hospitals do get money for any any patients that test positive for COVID? Is that true? That's my understanding. So, uh, I mean, you know, what, 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 I know, what's your thoughts on the conspiracy on that? Do you think that because somebody is really sick already, slap a COVID sticker on them and let's get some more money? Well, you started out this question by by stating that you don't know if I, James, am on any kind of conspiracy theory train basically uh, <laughs> I answer that always yes yes i am okay well anyway. let, let, let's let's bring it down to this specific topic yes <laughs> not just life in general <laughs> just this <laughs> well let me ask you a question first do you know why the hospitals get that extra money no i don't you have any any ideas can you can you formulate any idea as to why 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 would a hospital be paid that extra money if someone tested positive for covid just, just because it's the the new thing, it's the trend. What do you think? Well, I mean that that doesn't make sense to me. The that just because it's a trend, um, I don't know. I I don't. Okay. I've I've thought I've speculated about this a lot, but I can't think of, and it's probably right in front of my face. I just don't know it. Yeah, but that's this. I bring it up because it's one of the important things because I do lean towards so many. I shouldn't say so many, but I do lean toward conspiracy theories. Uh, I always give them a day in court, you know, and some of them are so ridiculous. I'm like, yeah, 
you know, but some of them are so close to what I would consider at least feasible that I give them more thought. I give them the, my little more focus, but hospitals and such get extra money for COVID patients because of all the extra expenditures they have to have in order to take care of and quarantine those patients and taking care of also includes taking care of their staff, nurses, doctors, uh, housekeepers, everybody that, that it takes to run a hospital. Um, it costs money. It costs money for that. And so when there is a COVID patient or if there's an influx of, imagine New York city, which was just inundated, their hospitals were inundated with COVID patients and people were actually, it seemed like I wasn't there, but according to the media, it seemed like people were um, really, really, I, I hate to use this term, but they were dropping like flies. You know, they, they were really succumbing to COVID-19 and a lot of people were dying. They were perishing. And so just imagine the cost of, of not just the having to have uh, quarantined areas and, and having to pay for overtime and having to, to pay for therapeutics whatever those therapeutics might have been, ventilators. And there was a shortage of ventilators, by the way, too, right. in the country. And so all these things cost a lot of money. And also, it, it's it's a very, it's a morbid thing to think about, but it's just reality, you know, taking care of the bodies. You know, they didn't have places to, to store, enough, they didn't have enough storage for, for dead bodies right. that had perished because of the COVID. So all this stuff costs money, right? Mm -hmm. So... What does knowing that, and I might not, I, I don't ever claim to know all the facts about almost everything, but that's just something to critically think about. But having done that critical thought exercise, how does that make you feel about the conspiracy theory now? And I do that with air quotes. So knowing that, it makes me think that it's done for good reason. The fact, like the money being given given to a hospital, is done for a good reason. However, if it may not be going directly towards what it's supposed to be going towards, but the hospital's still getting more money, so there's still a it's, little bit of a conspiracy there. But it's more of like, where are the funds going, or what that? Where are the funds going towards if they're not going to where they are supposed to be going to? Yeah, it's it's basically being taken advantage of. Maybe can't prove it. Right. Don't know for sure. Right. That that theory is out there, but I don't even think it's much of a, in my mind, a conspiracy theory per se. I think it's a suspicion that's probably taken place. How many people, like when you're working with your someone working with your house, say your house was damaged from fire or or tornado, something like that, and you're working with your insurance adjuster. Not me, but other people may do this, right? It's, I think it's pretty common. Or even on your taxes, you know, you claim something that really wasn't the case because it gives you a little bit extra, right? Right. Well, I, I can, I'm not outright lying, but I can bend this just enough to maybe get an extra couple hundred bucks on my check when they when they give me that, you know, that payment. And so that's not really a conspiracy theory, you know. You just pretty much uh, you figure that. A lot of people are doing that, and I, I think that's probably where hospitals lie too, because they have to make money. They they do make money, right? Their businesses, unfortunately. Well, so well, that, that's what I think about that. Well, to go down a little bit more of a, a different rabbit hole, but that all ties in with this. So, I guess have you seen the executive orders that Trump signed, as far as he wants to uh, make it to where people don't get federal taxes taken out of their check? 
which apparently he's already signed this. Apparently he signed it yesterday. I personally am hoping that we can opt out of doing that because it's got to be repaid back and I don't know how it's going to be repaid back unless it's just a matter of, because um, I guess like next year we'll get income taxes back, but it's going to be from January to now, I guess, right? Before they stop holding taxes out of our check. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, no. Honestly, I no. I, unfortunately, that's a topic that I was not prepared to field. Gotcha. I I had known that I knew that there was executive orders signed, and I saw some Trump supporter posts who had mentioned that Trump is he had signed these executive orders to help out the American people, and and this isn't necessary to Trump. This is any politician, especially at the federal level. But anytime they're trying to help the American people, there's always something else going on. Right. And I don't think that that's not a conspiracy either. I would like to know what else, you know, what's on the back end of that. You know? I think I think a big part of it was this was just a flex by Trump over everyone because it's been a back and forth between the Democrats and Republicans for weeks now trying to figure out what they want to do and they can't come to any kind of agreement. So he's finally like, guess what? This is what I'm going to do. I don't care what you say. This is what I'm going to do. And he did it. It was just, yeah. it's just like a major flex, like do something about it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Which is completely Trump. That's very Trump-esque. Right. But also we can never discount that it's an election year. Absolutely. It's, you know, election time will be on us soon. And I, I don't know, it's, it's hard to get anything from polls or for, even from the, the general direction of the wind in social media or the media in general but it does seem like Trump is 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 not doing great in the minds of the populace, the voting populace. So what about, I guess it's considered a conspiracy, maybe not. But when it comes to Kanye West and him, that you know, there's a conspiracy now that he's trying to run and it's not because of he actually wants to be president. It's because he's trying to take votes away from Biden. Yeah, I don't think that's a conspiracy at all. I think, that, I think that's true. It has to be. He's a clown, right? That's exactly what. That's exactly what he's doing. He's because there's no way that Kanye's going to win. No way. And he's not. I mean, he's crazy, but I don't think he's stupid. He's he's actually pretty, pretty brilliant. He's been a brilliant artist, and I think that he's more recently, especially since his mom died. I think that's really when he started to lose his jibs and started going crazy. Dude, um, I I would be very nervous knowing that a Kardashian is our uh, first lady. First lady. Yeah. And, and, and and the also, and also I know you say there's no way he could win. I'm not saying he could, but it, it makes you nervous because you know, there's a lot of people out there that would vote for him. Yeah. No, no, I don't want to speculate on it too much. um, But, well, let's just say this. Biden is a terrible candidate. He's terrible. I mean, and, and I was, I'll be quite honest with you. I was hoping for a stronger Democratic candidate. We did not get one. Right. The, the, the country was not afforded. Like, like, where are the good candidates at? Honestly, like, how do we, how do we get down to Joe Biden versus Donald Trump? Do the, good, like, do we, the, we, do, do, do the good candidates not have enough money? 
to get themselves in a, in a position? Do they not know the right people? Do they not right, make the right moves to get into the right position to be I mean, there? You wanna, or you want you want to talk about conspiracy theories because. There was a panel of how many Democrats, and there were some good ones up there. There were some decent ones, and yet they ended up with Joe Biden. It's like so. So did the did the population really at the primaries? Did they really choose Joe Biden? Really? Right. I mean, is is that really what happened? Because if that's the case, we're doomed. We're probably doomed anyway, to be honest with you. But I just, I have trouble believing it. I have trouble believing that the machine, that the voting, the primaries, general elections, all that stuff is just a just a show. And Joe Biden, to me, is is kind of proof. I, I believed Trump. I, I believed it when he got elected simply because he made everybody look like fools, especially in the Republican primary. He was up there with I, I don't remember how many, 10 Republicans, you know, on that panel during the debates. And he. He was controlling the conversation. He was controlling the discussion. He was he was quick. He was um, something fresh, albeit very very disrespectful and very <laughs> very crazy in his own right. But he got up there and he made people think, "Yeah, let's let's take it. You know, let's burn it down. Let's let's go with Trump and let's do something new." I was excited to see what happened with Trump. You know, back back in the day, I was I was excited to see what he was going to change. Now you know it's it's you know it's kind of embarrassing. I'll be honest with you, that uh, just just his his performance there. Not that he hasn't done anything good. I, honestly, I don't know. I'm so apathetic to politics nowadays. It, it's difficult for me to really dive in too deeply because I just want to pull all my hair out. But Joe Biden, I, I, I don't buy it. I don't buy it for a minute. The guy sucks. He's terrible. He, he sniffs everybody. He sniffs people. <laughs> have you have you seen all those videos? <laughs> yeah. Dude, it's weird. I, I don't. Kick. I don't think this is this is a I mean, he's a sniffer. He kisses, he has to kisses be a, a family sniffer. on the lips and stuff. It's weird, man. Well, I mean, if he could just keep it to his family, it wouldn't be quite so weird. He's That's out there true. sniffing everybody, everybody he can get his nose up to. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's that guy's a, a man. I don't know. But he's also, you know, he's getting older. And I'm not saying that he's as bad as what, you know, the right media portrays him to be, obviously. Um, but man, they had some good candidates. They had, they had some decent even Andrew Yang. I don't know if if uh, the the income what's it universal income UBI it, it could really actually work. But the guy was fresh. He was new. He was young. He spoke well. He didn't go around sniffing every Tom, Dick, and Susie <laughs> that he could get his hands on. Right? I mean, the, I thought the guy over Joe Biden deserved a chance. And then who was the who was the lady? Joe Rogan just falls all over all the time. What was her name? She was a military vet. Um, I know who you're talking about, but I can't think of what her name is. Yeah, I liked her a lot. I liked her a lot. If we're going to get a woman president, let's get one that's that hasn't been mired by decades of, of politics and conspiracies and for real crimes that they've just gotten out of, like Hillary Clinton. You know, let's not go for somebody like that or a Nancy Pelosi. Let's go for someone young and fresh. If we're really going to see if we can make this thing work and spark, let's do that. But instead, we have two 70-something-year-old guys who probably, at least Joe Biden, he might not make it through an entire term. So, they, <laughs> he, so, so he, seriously, they better pick a really good vice president because that person is going to end up being probably taking over. But you've got between Joe, Joe Biden and Trump, the only thing that's going to save Joe Biden in my, in my mind is a, a really, really strong vice presidential candidate. And he's already said he's going to pick a woman. So I just hope he picks the right one. Right. He doesn't go off the rails and picks the most radical, 
you know, whoever he can find. Uh, there's plenty of them out there. I'm not going to drop names though, because that's not what I do. So what? So what you're saying is that, in your opinion, we're going to have Trump for another four years. Ooh, you know what? I don't know. I honestly do not know. Probably, but anything is game at this point. Anything is game. Because if the machine, once again, and they do want Trump out, I believe that, but if the machine wants Joe Biden to to win the presidency, I think the machine will probably make it happen. You know? Um, but I don't know. I'm not going to be surprised either way, to be honest with you. I will not be surprised. I just wish they would have I, I wish the, the Democrats would have gotten a younger, fresher, um, someone who's willing to be a pioneer or, or someone who's willing to, you know, deviate from this crazy status quo that this nightmare that we've been living in politically for decades. You know, it, we, I think we could still maybe add a spark which could ignite something maybe even special. Um, in this country, but we're not going to do it with Trump or Biden or anybody like that. Nancy Pelosi, uh, Mitch McConnell, these dinosaurs, and they keep getting voted back in. How? Why? Who's doing that? I, I would like to just shake some people sometimes. Yeah, Trump was a bad idea, but at least he was different. You know, at least at least he was something off the rails, something right. we hadn't tried tried before. You know, some, right. something that was completely new and different. And, and yeah, it could have it could be even worse than, than what it has been. Uh, anybody with their finger on, you know, with access to, you know, the button, the nuclear football is always something you got to be concerned about. But um, at least it was something different. I, I just, I don't know if four years is enough to, enough time to unravel what's been done for one president to be in office, you know? Like, I know you're saying like there, we have potential to do, you know, for great things to be done, but I, I, yeah, like I said, I don't, I just don't know that four years is enough time to unravel all those things. Cause you gotta, you gotta tackle one thing at a time. And I don't know if, I don't know who the right person is to do that, but as you said, I'm pretty sure it's not either of the two that are running this year. That's correct. And, and it is, there's, there's no way to undo anything in the amount of time that we give our politicians. And that's one of the big arguments for, uh, against term limits for Congress. It's like, you know, they got to get their feet wet. They got to learn the ropes and they got to learn this and that, yada, yada. But all the time that they're in there, they are making more connections. They're digging their, their talents deeper into the system. They're learning how to, how to maneuver in the, um, in the, in the mire, basically. But they're learning how to maneuver the, uh, I don't want to say illegal, but, just just the corruption that's what i'm looking for they're learning how to navigate the corruption to honestly most of the time not get anything done but self-perpetuate all they're doing is perpetuating themselves for yet another term and another term and that's why you've got guys in there and gals in there who have been in congress for 20 years plus if not you know a lot of them longer so some of them longer but anyway it's just a it's just a self it, it they, they feed on it feeds on itself and it, and it feeds on the, the big business that churns in through the lobbyists and so on and so forth. It, it doesn't actually enact a change. So what a, what a fresh president can do is they can come in there and start the ball rolling. And a lot of people credit Barack Obama for doing just that um, because he, he had eight, eight short years, which, you know, he did have two terms, eight years. And a good president almost always 
I don't know. Good. Good's a relative term. I shouldn't say that, but an effective president, at least effective in his or her own right, his own right so far has, they, they have a, almost the odds are always in favor of them getting reelected after four years, right? Anyone who's effective within their party and within the system. Right. So I think a good young person is going to have that eight years and they're going to get a lot of balls rolling. They're also, they're basically the face, which is why a lot of people hate Trump. Because he's, you're, you're representing a country's population as the president. If nothing else, I know that you, you kind of lean toward one guy not needing all, all that power to govern over so many people. But one thing that that person is, is the figurehead. It's, it's, it's kind of like the, the face. You know, it's, he's the endorsement. He's, you know, he's, it's, that's his or her in the future. That person has a, has a contract to endorse the country, not just outside of the country, but to the country. And so that person should inspire people like JFK, like like Barack Obama did in, in many ways. They sh- like FDR did way back in the day, you know, even further. Um, those people inspire the population. And that really is organically and fundamentally the beginning of real change in our culture, in our society. Right now, you've got Trump, who's just, you know, basically he's just seeding, sowing division, you know. Uh, whether you like him or not, you can look around and see the, the 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 lines, the party lines are even starker and wider than they've probably ever been. And there's a lot of hatred and a lot of frustration. And regardless if his policies are are, are good or not, I'm not even going there. But his his endorsement of the country is is really really doing damage. And we need someone to help undo that. So. Before I move on, though, or before you move on, whoever moves on, um, the candidate I was looking for, her name was Tulsi Gabbard. Gotcha. That's it. Yep. I, wanted to, I wanted to throw that name out there because my opinion, we need more Tulsi Gabbards. We need more Andrew Yangs. You know, whether you like his policies or not, I just like the fact that he's fresh and he's going to throw a going to throw a wrench into this current system that we have with fresh and new ideas. As long as they're not like detrimental, as long as they're not like set the country on fire. But let me read you some of the other candidates. You had Joe Biden, of course. You had Bernie Sanders, um, another super old guy. He had, he had different ideas, but he's still super old. And in my opinion, his ideas are still, in, in a lot of ways, clinging to 60s, 70s types of ideology. Yeah, there's going to be some people who argue with me on that. That's fine. Uh, Michael Bloomberg, another billionaire. Uh, from New York. Oh, that's what we need. Another stinking billionaire who comes in and tells us how to run our, you know, little lives because he is just, you know, so much greater than what we are. Uh, Pete Buttigieg, uh, younger, maybe a little fresher. And, and, and that's all of them that I have uh, just off the top of that, that little search right there. But, you know, out of those people, why do we keep choosing the same old, same old, same old, same old? Is it, is, do we really not have a voice? Is it really just the system um, giving us this show of an election when it really doesn't make a difference? Or are people just really that scared and, and unable to try something new and different? Well, I don't know. Well, yeah, but that's the thing is you say, why don't we pick something new and different? But we did. And we don't feel like it's gotten us far. So, mm-hmm. what I mean, so... What are the options now? Do you keep going down that road as far as, okay, well, let's find somebody new and new ideas and whatnot, or do we go back to the same old, same old? No, you, go, you, keep, you keep trying to find something new. 
look, look, if I have a tool, let's say I have a, a screw that won't go in and I, for some reason I grab a wrench and it doesn't work. Okay. The wrench isn't, isn't turning it. It's like, well, that doesn't work. So I guess I just don't turn in the screw. I just leave it, leave it at status quo. Or do I go and I try to find a screwdriver, something that will work, find a tool that works so that I could get this screw in there. It's like, if you have one, one idea, one fresh idea that doesn't work, you don't give up and just stop. You keep trying new ideas, yeah, but you learn from your past ideas. Okay. A billionaire, real estate mogul, uh, uh, television star, a reality TV show star. Okay. That didn't work. Maybe we shouldn't do that again. All right. That probably wasn't the right thing to do. So, okay, let's try somebody else. Let's try a, a female military vet who's democratic, center leaning, democratic, left, left to center, but she's young and she's fresh and she's energetic and she hasn't been mired down by corruption yet. Why not? Why not try that? I don't, know? I don't think Kanye West ha has any of those things. Like he's young. Dude. dude. <laughs> <laughs> he's energetic. He is, uh, he's, a, he's in the same vein as Trump, except Maybe even crazier. I don't know. He, possibly. I feel like but. his first day in office, he would sign an order that makes everybody buy Yeezys. <laughs> well, I mean, and maybe that's what the country needs right now. Who knows? I, who's, I, I doubt it. <laughs> who's to say? No, I, I do. I think I think we got to keep trying something new, but use common sense. I, I, Trump was a reaction because nobody thought that this guy was actually going to be able to do this for real, get elected, and bam, everybody got showed what was up. And, and when Trump got elected, it, it really it made me think maybe maybe the voting system does really work because otherwise there's no way. Because everybody, <laughs> every, everybody hated him. Both sides of the aisle couldn't stand him for the most part, right? Republicans hated him almost probably just as much, if not more, than the Democrats. But yet he got elected. So that gave me a little ray of hope that the system actually the voting system actually does work but i don't know i don't know joe biden he just he really sank my balloon i just i can't believe that trump's been in for four years already it does not seem like it's been four years yeah it's crazy well, if you think about it if you think about it him getting elected is when we first started podcasting around that time because i remember talking about it yeah so just some perspective there that's nutty yeah, it might have been. I, I guess he was. I guess he was probably already elected, but not by far. When did we start? Because it's twenty twenty. It, it has been four years, has it? It was like December. I think. Did we start in like December of twenty sixteen? Wasn't it? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's coming up on four years, my friend. Holy cow! Right, man. Well, I would say that we've uh, we've met a lot of cool people. Yeah, and we've gotten to interview. And talk to a lot of cool people, and we learned how to talk to each other, <laughs> and how to enter and how to interview people yeah. on our own with just a. Ne you never forget the flimsy microphone that we started with. That's all I can Dude, say. I, fa I found that the other day, <laughs> just you? by by chance. I was going through some boxes out here in my garage, and there was some boxes under my workbench over there, and. I was pulling them out because I'm trying to get rid of all boxes that aren't being used or going to be used soon because it's a pretty massive collection that I've attained. But I pulled this box out and there's that little flimsy microphone. I was like, dude, and I couldn't bring myself to throw it away. 
I had to keep it. You should have. You should have got a hold of me immediately. I would have came over and we could have recorded a podcast <laughs> on it. We we should have, because it was so funny. Because we had to share that one little flimsy microphone. Yeah. So I would lean in and I would talk. <laughs> and then I I would lean out. You would lean in and you would talk. And it was it worked because it was kind of like our cue. We knew there was no interrupting so much because unless you were leaned in, no, it wasn't your time to talk yet. You got to wait. Right. I'm still leaning into the mic. So. <laughs> well, you can't ever get rid of it, just so you know. Yeah, I won't. I won't because I was throwing stuff away and I would look at it. I was like, I can't. I can't do that. You should probably, to like, probably find a frame for it or a box or something to put it in to put on a mantle. I was thinking of bronzing it, having it bronzed. That, like, would, be, like a, that would be awesome as long as we can still use it. Oh, I don't know about that, but <laughs> I'll just keep it right now. I'll keep it unbronzed for the time being. Okay. <laughs> but, but yeah, you you mentioned all the people we met, man. I, I, the best part of this podcast, aside from just you know getting to spend a lot of time unpacking conversations, is great. But the relationships that we've that we've made with with people out there uh, made some very very good connections that we probably wouldn't have made otherwise without the podcast. You right. know, um, I don't I don't want to start mentioning names because I'll forget somebody. But just some people gotten pretty close to man, and it's awesome because they're they're really good people they're in depth in their knowledge and in their their passion and they're inspiring and they're just all around great people to know and so that has definitely been probably the biggest indirect benefit of having this show and it, it's been awesome so shout out to all you folks you know who you are you know who you are <laughs> that's right <laughs> so. well on that note are you ready to get out of here you got any more topics no, man. The only topic I've got left is all of the sweating balls that I'm doing out here in my garage. But I like the environment. The atmosphere has been nice. I just got to work out a, a decent mic stand so I don't hold this mic the whole time. But yeah, you should. That, the, that should just be your new office, I think. You know, it, it wouldn't be so bad. It wouldn't be so bad at all. It's got. <laughs> it's got. It's got. It's got good ambiance. Other than the heat. And the lighting is not bad. I still need to work on lighting, but I, I'll get there. You know, maybe by episode 250, I'll have things worked out. Yeah. Yeah. I've got some work to do too, because we literally just listed our house today. So, uh, moving to the woods. So internet's going to be interesting to figure all that stuff out, but we'll, uh, yep. we're going to make it work one way or the other. Right on brother. I, all right, man. And we are out. Thanks again to you, the CEP listener. Remember that word of mouth is like a rad CD cover with the lyrics printed on it. So don't forget to tell your friends and fam about the great variety that you hear right here on the CEP. Subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you consume the podcast that you love so much so that you can keep the variety coming straight to your ear holes with the automaticity. Also on that note, when you go to Apple Podcasts, remember to give us that five-star rating, which helps us out a lot, and it shows your love for the CEP network. And speaking of love, we love it when you give us all of your love on the socials, when in fact you do give us all of your love on the socials. So be sure to give us all of your love on the socials and be sure to visit the launching pad for all things cerebral at thecepodcast.com. And of course, if you need to contact us, you can do that at cerebral at thecepodcast.com. Also remember that we have official CEP merch at byjack.com slash CEP. That's B-Y-J-A-C-K dot com slash C-E-P. So get online and get you and your loved ones that C-E-P gear today. That's all I've got, folks. So until next time, be sure to keep those big, beautiful brains of yours nice and warm. See ya.